All right, there we go. How about that? Yeah? All right. Sorry about that. Okay. Green means go. All right. We'll go ahead and pray, and we'll jump right into it here this morning. So, uh, Lord Jesus, we do just want to look to you again this morning. We just ask that uh, for the next few minutes that you would capture our, our thoughts, our hearts, our will. Um, God, that you would draw us into your presence. You'd speak to each one of us. God, you know... Uh, the kind of the curriculum you have for every person here today. We just ask you to help us to hear you, help us to respond to you um, and obey you and do what you want. God, we just ask you to have your way in each one of our hearts. I pray that you would prepare us for the things you want to do in this series of this um, Empower series. And, and we just commit this morning to you and ask for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, um, uh, if I haven't got to meet you, my name's Rich. I'm one of the pastors here. And so we are just beginning a series this morning that will go for the month of July. It's on, um, on the, the, sub, the, the title is called Empower. And, and we're really going to be talking about a life that is directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've done a number of series this year that uh, we just kind of tried to coordinate them. And first one we did was called Impassioned. We took a number of weeks just to talk about the gospel. And if we're supposed to love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, that really that, that is just a response to understanding the gospel and what Christ has done for us. And we took a few weeks to talk about um, a series called Envision. What is a disciple of Jesus Christ? And how do we make disciples like He's called us to? And then this next series is Empower. And again, it's how do we do all of the above, but do it in the, under the direction, the control, and, uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to, really this morning, the goal is just to set the table to this subject. Uh, we're not going to, you know, go uh, for too long here, by God's grace. Um, but we're just going to have us each think about some things that are going on, maybe in our lives, some things just to prepare us, to prepare our hearts, what God might have, uh, for us to catch over the next couple of weeks here. So, um, you know, really, I'm, I'm going to leverage some material here this morning that's from uh, uh, Bill Bright. Some of you know or heard of Dr. Bill Bright was with. He, he founded a Campus Crusade for Christ. And as I've read different materials on uh, the Holy Spirit, on being filled with the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, I've really just grown to appreciate what God gave Bill Bright in an understanding and a conciseness on this subject because there's so many different thoughts that people have on the Holy Spirit. We're going to take this series to help clarify some things, our understanding from the Scriptures on who the Holy Spirit is, uh, His ministry in our lives and in the lives of others, how to be filled and, and walking in the Spirit. So we're, we're going to share those over these next few weeks, but I really appreciate some things that um, God gave to, to Bill Bright here and um, you can Google some of this stuff. He has a little booklet we, we put out on the table sometimes called Have You Heard of the or Have You Discovered the Spirit-Filled Life or the, Have You Discovered the Wonderful the Wonderful Discovery of the Spirit-Filled Life something along that line. We have a pamphlet out there. You can find it online as well. But really um, we're going to start by just talking about three types of people who are mentioned in the Bible and really there are three types of people that are mentioned in the book of Corinthians. First Corinthians here, and um, as I've been thinking about some of these verses, and even the church in Corinth back in the days, it was a, a major city with a lot of things going on in that city that maybe only larger cities would experience. In some ways, I look at Denver and I go, 
Boy, some of the things that were written to the city of Corinth back in the days are probably, they probably apply more to our church, a church in the city of Denver, than some of the other, you know, books of the Bible. They all apply to all of us. But when I think of our city specifically and and some of the things that a large city can wrestle with as far as sin and temptation and distractions, and I really think Denver, you know, if it was the the Corinthians back then, I don't know what the Denver, are we Denverites? Denverinthians, I think, might be uh, something we'd have to watch out for the air of Denverinthians would make here. But um, for Californians, first Californians, um, that's an easier translation there. But, um, but anyways, uh, I'm just going to share a few thoughts here. And again, they're just to get you thinking on some things and maybe checking your heart. Uh, some of the goal this morning is to send you away doing a heart check, maybe checking your own spiritual pulse and seeing where you're at. In reality, you know, we all know where we should be. We all know what the, you know, the description of the spirit-filled life is. But where are you at in reality, uh, in your habits, as a way of life? What do you default to? We're going to just send each of us away wrestling with some of those. But um, one of the first types of these three people we're going to look at is the um, first one's called a natural person. And, and these words are... Um, the word's straight out of the Bible here, so I hope no one would take offense at some of these things. These are really God's words, and we're going to try to just use his vocabulary here this morning on these. Um, the person's a natural person, and that's someone who has not yet received Christ. Um, some of the traits or, or earmarks of a natural person, it's a self-directed life. Self is on the throne, directing decisions and actions. Um, which are represented by the dots there and that's the illustration um, often resulting in frustration Jesus is outside of the circle outside of a person's life a verse here in 1 Corinthians 2 just says a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God um, for their foolishness to him he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised and each one of us comes in this world a natural man a, a man or a woman who does not have Christ in our lives um, and, and so we all start off this way um, and we're going to talk we're really going to finish this uh, message this morning just going back to the natural person here and, and some thoughts on that but uh, another person that we're going to look at is a spiritual person and again there's a lot of different stereotypes, connotations that might come to mind on that. But this, in the context of 1 Corinthians, is one who's directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. A spiritual person is one who's living a Christ-directed life. Jesus is in their life and, and on the throne of their life. He is at the steering wheel of a person's life, a spiritual person, a spirit-filled person. A self is yielding to Jesus. The person sees Jesus' influence and direction in their life. A verse here, uh, he who is spiritual appraises all things. We have the mind of Christ. There's some descriptions of what the spiritual person and, and their life looks like. Uh, we'll look at that in a few more here. Um, some of the traits of a, a spiritual person, that someone who's trusting God and, and living a Christ-centered life are... Um, it says Christ-centered, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Another trait is one who introduces others to Christ. We talked about the fruit of, um, we want to be men and women who bear fruit. That's a mark of a disciple of Jesus. He said, people can tell you're my disciples when you bear much fruit. You know, this proves that we're his disciples there. And that's, a, we, we did a whole message on John 15, verse 8. But part of that spirit-filled life is introducing others to Christ as a way of life. A spiritual person has an effective prayer life. Their prayers 
get responded to by God because their prayers in line with His will and prayers of faith. A uh, spiritual person understands God's Word and knows how to properly handle it and apply it. They trust and obey God. They experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Just uh, the fruit of the Spirit is evident in their lives and not just in their brains. Um, the degree to which these traits are manifested in the life depends upon the extent to which the Christian trusts the Lord with every detail of his life um, and upon his maturity in Christ. One who is only beginning to understand the ministry of the Holy, Holy Spirit should not be discouraged if he's not as fruitful or as mature as, as Christians who have known and experienced this truth for a longer period. So this spiritual person, you know, there's a, there's a getting to understand these truths. You know, the truths are the same as I've read different authors on this subject that would have kind of the same uh, view of the scriptures as we would. There's, uh, you know, I think of Tim LaHaye's writing. I think of, um, you know, even A.W. Tozer's, some of his writing. A lot of them, they, they have thoughts of this, but they all come from the same passages of scripture. And we're going to be examining those passages together and trying to understand them. But as you understand some of those, then you begin to try to live them out. And, you know, just as spiritual maturity we've talked about is like exercise. You begin to exercise in some of these truths and it becomes more and more evident uh, the degree to which we exercise and live out these truths reflects our spiritual maturity. And so this is, again, the spiritual person. Third person the Bible talks about and in Corinthians it specifically mentions this type of person is one who's received Christ. A carnal person is what it's called. Um, but one who's received Christ but who lives in defeat because he's trying to live the Christian life on his own strength. And this is, we say his, this is he or she, uh, a person who tries to live on their own strength, um, is going to be left living the carnal Christian life, the life that is only empowered by what they can bring to the table in their own flesh. Um, it's a self-directed life. Again, even though Christ is in the life, it's a self-directed life. Christ is in the life, but not on the throne. He's not at the controls of our lives. Himself is on the throne, directing decisions and actions. Again, this is represented by these dots in this picture here. It kind of shows things all over the place, not ordered or uh, controlled. Um, and then uh, here's one of the verses here, a classic one of 1 Corinthians 3. But it, it says, and, and I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual men, but as to carnal men, as to babes in Christ. Um, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not yet able, for you're still carnal. For since there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? And he's talking to these believers, you know, he addresses them as brothers in, in Christ, but he says, you're, you're like spiritual babies still. You, you haven't grown up. We talked about this at Faith Walkers. Brent Knox just gave the illustration of the person that's living in their parents' basement like for the rest of their lives, just not growing, not taking responsibility for themselves. But in some ways as Christians, we could be having Christ in our life as our Savior. We have uh, eternity ahead of us, squared away with God. We're right with God. And yet the life experience that we can be living is is carnal, is worldly, is fleshly. And, um, and so those are the three types of lives that, um, you know, we're going to talk about here. And I want you to, you know, at any one instance in time, every one of us can be described as one of these three. You know, a lot of times people don't like, you know, don't put me in a box. Well, there's three boxes. that If you took a snapshot in time, any moment, God, you know, and he, he saw things for what they were, he would say, okay, well, you're either... 
Maybe you're a natural man. I'm not in your life. You're running your own show and I'm outside your life. Or he might say, yeah, you're a Christian and you're, you know, right now, you are in the flesh. You're a carnal Christian doing your own thing. I'm in your life. We're headed to heaven. But you're living a fleshly, worldly, carnal life. Or we'll be found with Christ sitting in in the control center of our lives, on the throne of our lives, directing our lives, and we will be bearing, um, you know, spiritual fruit. We will be reflecting the life of Christ. And so, um, one of the things I want every one of us to be thinking about this week is just from time to time, maybe as God prompts you to take a a spiritual snapshot and and just, you know, if you get a sense, He goes, "Let's, how am I doing right now?" You know, let's check. I'm in the flesh, I've got fleshly thoughts, I've got fleshly, the fruit of my life right now is clearly worldly, carnal or fleshly. Um, Or we take a snapshot and go, I've got the fruit of the Spirit going, I feel like my life has yielded to Christ. Um, And, you know, take our spiritual temperature, I would say, throughout the day, um, whenever God maybe prompts you, and I'm going to be praying that He prompts us all this week to just... Uh, just diagnose where we're at and, and assess for ourselves. Um, and then there's, you know, so there's any moment in time. In general, though, there's also the habits that we have. You know, I think each one of these re- represents a, um, not only a snapshot in time, but habits that we have. Are we in the habit of Christ-likeness? I, I like, as we went through the maturity class, they talked about, um, you know, the real question, if you, your character is, if, if you're patient, that means you, you're in the habit of being patient. It's not like I was patient that one time and then I'm always, you bump me and I'm impatient. But are you in the habit of patience? Are you in the habit of love and joy and peace? And, and that's really what our character is. And if we're bumped, what comes out? You know, is it things of the spirit, things of the flesh or, or other things? There? But um, I just want to give you that for a framework to be thinking about. We're going to just share a few thoughts here again about the carnal person. It says this, um, and you might just look for these things. Um, in your life, in your heart, uh, and throughout this week. But one, it just says he is either uninformed about or has forgotten God's love, forgiveness, and power. There's these verses here that talk about, hey, if, if you're struggling or stuck in certain things, it's possible you've forgotten about God's forgiveness. He's forgiven you. He's um, given you the power that you need to overcome. This, he has an up and down spiritual experience. If you feel like you've got these highs and lows and your spiritual life is a constant roller coaster, you might check and go, hey, maybe I'm, I'm not as spiritual as I would like to think that I am because this uh, trait would describe my spiritual life more, more so than not. But um, he cannot understand himself. He, he wants to do what is right but cannot. There's that verse in Romans 7:15 where he just says, you know, the good that I want to do, I, I can't do it. I really want to. I know what's good, but I just can't do it. That's Paul describing the flesh. Uh, each one of us, though Christians, can be stuck where we go, I, I know I should do that. I really want to do that, but I cannot do that. And that's describing a life that is not empowered by the Spirit. And so um, we have to watch for that. He fails to draw upon the power of the Holy Spirit to live the Christian life. Um, again, here's some of the traits of the, uh, the carnal person. Um, unbelief, disobedience, uh, poor prayer life, no desire for the Bible or studying the Bible. There can be a, a legalistic attitude or a critical spirit, impure thoughts, jealousy, guilt, frustration, aimlessness, worry, discouragement, loss of love for God and for others. Um, and then he goes on to say, Bill Bryce, he talks about this. He says, you know, at some point, if you see these being things that mark your life, you eventually got to ask the question, is Christ really in my life? If these things are 
characteristics consistently of my life, you've got to ask the question, you've got to back up and go, have I ever really asked Christ into my life as my Savior? Have I placed my trust in Him? Is He my Lord? And, and that's good to ask that question now as compared to later, you know. And, um, but anyways, these are things that, uh, you know, I just want to get you to think about. Which, which of these describes your life in general? And you might go, you know, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. You know, I know that. Um, you might think about what describes you. What do you feel like describes you? You might just think about asking your roommate or your spouse sometimes, which one of these do you think describes me? You know, if we can be deceived about it, sometimes we need an outside opinion and, and they might go a lot more fleshly than we'd like to admit. Or, or, you know, so um, other question is, which one of these would you like to describe your life? In some ways we want to see where we're at, but the ultimate goal is, where do you want to be? Would you like to have a life that is a, considered a spiritual life, a spirit-filled life, a life that Jesus promised to the fullest? You know, I, I know myself, I have times where I go, I'm definitely in the spirit. There's a taste of life that is like nothing else when you're living a spirit-filled life, whether you're sharing Christ or you're just dying to yourself in different situations. And you know that Christ is somehow in and through you. He's, he's bringing about something that would otherwise never be, something supernatural. And that's amazing. And there's other times that each one of us can have our flesh in the driver's seat of our life and it's just it's not the same thing you know it's, it's very not supernatural you know and so um, but I think all of us if we're honest would, would say we would like to have that spirit filled life the full life that it's promised to us here um, and you know just a couple things to, to think about really. a couple barriers uh, that I want to just have us pray about this week are there barriers in our lives that, um, that might be preventing this one, one of the things when it comes to the spirit filled life um, I think there's just can be an ignorance sometimes. Maybe you've become a Christian somewhere along the way and you never knew there's another life. I've got forgiveness, I got my ticket punched, I'm headed to heaven and you know, I'm just going to live a life of sin. It's a lot like the life I lived before I became a Christian. I just know I'm forgiven when I get to the end of the tunnel here. And, and we just didn't know there's anything any better. You know, um, I love the stories. You might have heard these before if you've... Um, studied this, uh, this material from um, the, the Spirit-filled Life of Bill Bright. But he shares this story. It says, um, An old Scottish woman lived in the most impoverished conditions in her hometown. Years before, her son had immigrated to America. He'd become a very successful businessman, but never had found time to return home to visit his mother. One day, a friend sat with the old lady in her sparsely furnished cottage. Doesn't your son ever send money to help you with your needs? She inquired. No, the woman shook her head sadly. He does write me nice letters, though, and he sends me the most interesting pictures. The listener was annoyed, realizing that the son was quite wealthy. But instead of speaking her mind, she simply said, May I see the pictures? The aged mother proudly brought them out of a drawer. To her visitor's amazement, they were not pictures at all. They were valuable banknotes from America, amounting to thousands of dollars. For decades, the Scottish mother had been needlessly living in poverty. The problem? She did not know the value of those interesting pictures. She owned the banknotes, but she did not possess them. Uh, another story he tells is, um, you know, I just... Sometimes you wonder, are these stories just good stories that make an illustration, or are they real-life stories? But I heard recently this: there's a, a farm in Texas, there's a place where they have a memorial to this Yates, uh, Yates Ranch, or this Yates, uh, was the last name of this oil person back in Texas there but it says in West Texas is a famous oil field known as the Yates Pool 
During the depression, the field was a sheep ranch owned by a man named Yates. Mr. Yates was not able to make enough money in his ranching operation to pay the principal and the interest on the mortgage, so he was in danger of losing his ranch. With little money for clothes or food, his family, like many others, had gone on a government subsidy. Day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled um, about how he would be able to pay his bills. Then a seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told Mr. Yates they, there might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well, and he signed a lease contract. At uh, 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. Uh, the first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many subsequent wells were um, more than twice as large. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test of one of the wells showed that it still had the potential flow of 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. The day he purchased the land, he received the oil and mineral rights, and yet he was living on relief, a multimillionaire living in poverty. The problem, he did not know the oil was there. He owned it, but he did not possess it. And these, both of these stories are, are pictures in some ways of what we can be doing in the Christian life. Where we have so much available to us when, we, when we, we became a child of God, when we invited Christ into our lives. Um, all of His resources, all the resources of our fathers, have be, our Father, our Heavenly Father, have become available to us. And yet, we can live in spiritual poverty. We have everything that we need to live a life of a disciple. And yet we live lives of, of men and women getting by in spiritual poverty in the flesh. And, um, you know, this subject I think is something that we need to really catch. I, I think of all the things we've talked about, uh, the series on uh, the disciple, envision to be a disciple. And some of the things, if you look at what it takes to be a disciple, it's a really, really high bar. And so you either, without the Spirit of Christ working in us, you either go, okay, I'm just going to try really, really hard here, and we find ourselves falling short of the high bar, getting tired and weary and dry. Or we go, the way I understand grace has a little twist in it. There actually is no high bar. I just live a life of sin, and I pretend I'm a disciple. Um, or we can just give up, you know, just all together. But... Um, the calling of a disciple is really high, and yet Jesus says, Hey, I've got everything you need for this. I give you my very spirit to help bring about the life that I've called you to. And, and if we don't get it, though, um, we're going to be living in poverty. We're not going to be living lives of a true disciple, though we try or, or don't try. Um, and so we just have to, one, one of the things we have to watch out for is spiritual ignorance. I just want to uh, throw it out there that maybe maybe you've lived a life that you thought was a Christian life and the full Christian life means not a supernatural life but a life of kind of making the most that the, the world has to offer a fleshly life throw Christ in on Sunday morning there you know we have to watch out for that another barrier is just deception sometimes James says um, James 1.22 it says do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says Many of us have been Christians for a number of years. We've heard a lot of verses, but what James says there, hey, if you're hearing this stuff and you're not doing it, there's a chance you'll be deceived. And, and the way I think that works in this subject is we'll think we're doing better than we're actually doing. There's a deception that, yeah, I'm living the full Christian life. I'm living a spiritual life. And there's a deception that somehow we're describing it differently then it's described in the scriptures. We have to watch out for that. Sometimes we can have a complacency as a barrier to the spirit-filled life. We just don't care. You know, I'm, 
I'm, I love the things of this world. I'm cruising along. I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven. And we just kind of, we don't care to have anything more than the things of this world. Uh, another barrier, the last barrier to spirit-filled life is just unbelief. And we just go, you know, that spiritual life sounds good. I think it's real. Um, but that life is for people like the superheroes of the faith. You know, that's for Billy Graham. That's for Bill Bright. That's for so-and-so on the radio. But that, that's not a life for me. It works for them. God gives them the grace for that life. But, um, you know, I don't think that's what God has for me. And we can live in spiritual unbelief, keeping us from the, the spiritual life that God has for us. And so we just, I, again, encourage you to look over your life and see... Um, you know, look for some of these things. Really, I want to close this this part of the, the assessment here. Is just Jesus said this. He said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness; they will be filled." Do you have a sense there's more to the Christian life than you've been experiencing consistently? And would you hunger to have more of that righteousness in your life? Uh, hunger and thirst for that. If there's a promise that you will be filled, Jesus promised this that um, you'll receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, powerful witnessing. How does that sound to you? Is that a trademark of your life? Power in sharing the gospel. Um, Jesus said this. I think of the song we sang this morning that about "You are my water." But Jesus, he spoke to a crowd of a huge number of people. But he just said, "If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink." Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Does that describe your spiritual life? Streams of living water flowing from within you and pouring out into, to bless others, to benefit others? Or do you feel more like you're in the spiritual drought? I know myself, there's times where I can go, well, this is an amazing spiritual stream, a, a fountain bubbling up from within. And other times I go, Lord, I'm in a desert. Please bring these pools of water to my life. Um, but Jesus is saying, hey, that's the life I have for you. And it goes on to say, by this he meant the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But are, are you thirsty to have a life that His Spirit can bring? Is that something that you want? Because if you don't want it, even the next three, four weeks, talking about the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit can bring to your life, it's not going to really make a difference if, you're not, if you don't have a hunger for it, if that's not something you're thirsty for. I don't know about you, but I feel like I could drink more deeply as God's Spirit and it would refresh me and I feel like I'm in need of that you know and, and I hope um, that you would search your heart and go Lord I, I am thirsty for you for your Spirit for more of the, the Spirit filled life than I'm experiencing now um, and I encourage you guys just to, to think about that pray about that if any one of those barriers that we talked about is in your life maybe just call it sin confess it as sin whether it's ignorance and you go, I just didn't know that there was another life. Whether it was um, um, deception and you think you're doing better than, than you are. Or um, the other, what were the four barriers I mentioned? Complacency. Maybe I just don't care to have a better life. Or unbelief. I know that life is possible. I, I just don't believe God would be so good to give that to me. Confess those as sin if you find them. And pray and ask God. Tell Him that you are thirsty for more of His Spirit here. The last thing we're going to talk about again is... Uh, Maybe you don't have Christ in your life yet. Maybe um, you're one of those that you go, yeah, yeah, he's got his place, I've got mine. Um, I'm keeping my distance from him. A few verses just to think about. You know, classic one that encapsulates the gospel. God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This other one in John 3 as well. 
Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. I just want to close with the thought that, um, you know, that God loves every one of us. We come into this world a natural man or woman. We, we find ourselves eventually realize um, if you've become a Christian, eventually you maybe come to your senses like I did and you go, you know what? I have sinned against God. I'm in need of a Savior. And once you become more aware of that, then understand, well, who could possibly save me? I think you will find that Jesus is the only one that, um, that can save a person from their sins and who can guarantee eternal life. And, you know, we could talk more about that. But the thing I want people to think about this morning just as we close here is, um, you know, we don't know what lies ahead. I've heard that phrase several times in the last two weeks where we live on the edge of eternity. Maybe you're uh, not quite yet a Christian. You go, yeah, eventually I'm going to invite Christ into my life. I'm going to do my thing for a while. I'm going to um, just kind of make the most of my own world. Eventually I'll invite Christ in, you know, maybe when I get older, maybe when I make my fortune, whatever it is. But um, just been thinking about that. We are on the edge of eternity. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, um, Greg Miller and I, we did lunch with another pastor here in town. We were just doing some networking, meeting some people. And this pastor told us a story about a funeral that he had performed. And he was sharing he had done a number of funerals, but he said this one was uh, a dad who had passed away. He would lived a long life. He was 80-something years old. And he had two of his sons at the funeral, and there was a third one that was estranged. Um, and But he showed up at the funeral as well. And the two sons uh, shared thoughts about their dad, and it was an encouraging time. I believe he's a believer and stuff like that. And, and the third one asked if he could share. And there was kind of a little concern on, like, you know, is this guy going to say something unkind? Is he going to just kind of blow this, this whole thing here? And he ended up sharing some things about how he wished he had not been separated from his father and that he had had a relationship, that he'd maybe forgiven him sooner and things like that and just shared some things that were actually pretty encouraging. And he went and sat back down. And then uh, just a few minutes later, he collapsed on the floor. That son had a massive heart attack right there in the middle of the funeral. They had the, the ambulance came, the police came. They uh, you know, were gathered around him. Eventually they just had to uh, put the funeral on hold. They went to another room. The pastor just asked the family, you know, do you want me to continue this? And, and they said, yeah, you know, let's just go ahead and continue the service here. They took the man to the hospital there. And, and so the pastor kind of just felt like God wanted him to call an audible. And he had a message prepared for the funeral and things, but he just felt like God wanted him to do plan B. And he ended up just sharing that... Um, we all live on the edge of eternity. You do not know when your time has come. They're having a funeral for this man who's 80-something years old. You kind of think, well, yeah, I guess that seems reasonable for his world there, but one of his sons died right there on the spot at a funeral. And he just said, we all live on the edge of eternity. Are you ready? Are you prepared for what lies ahead? And as I've just thought more and more about that subject, even at HSLT, I didn't realize that was the theme was eternity. But if you think about uh, God having existed from eternity past, living in communities, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and somewhere along the way brought about the creation. And we have this time here in the creation, and then we'll have eternity for the future forever. And if you understand the concepts of eternity or affinity on, infinity on either side of you, you start to realize that a period of time, any period of time in between, surrounded by eternity on either side, it makes that, that period of time just seem like an infinitely small little edge that we stand on before we go into eternity. And we all will go into eternity in one of two ways. Jesus said, you know, 
when he returns that he will divide people into those who um, will receive eternal life life forever with their Savior with God in heaven without sin or there will be eternal punishment and and again in, in in that context this message that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him whoever looks to his son as their Savior will not perish but have eternal life and so if you're here today and you have not invited Christ into your life, have you not placed your trust in Him as your Savior uh, and as your Lord, we'll just, I'd encourage you to do that. You don't know how many days you have left. You don't have, know how many minutes or hours you have left. And we are all on the edge of eternity. And I encourage you to get, get right with God. And, and if you have gotten right with God, I encourage you to realize the resources that He has made available to you to live a Spirit-filled life. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life to the fullest. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks as we um, teach through this series. We're going to have a, Tim's going to teach a part. We might even have a guest, guest speaker um, trying to rope Dennis Clark in to speak from Parker here. And, um, but I just encourage you to, to pray about these things and, and ask God, what, what do I need to get rid of to have this spirit-filled life you would have for me? Or, or maybe pray about inviting Christ into your life as your Savior today because you just don't know how many days you have left. And let's just go ahead and pray, and we will um, get on our way here. Well, Lord Jesus, we do, uh, we do just thank you again for this time to come together to look at a few verses together. And, and Lord, I, I know uh, if anyone out there is like me, that I, I do thirst for more of you. Uh, I hunger and thirst for your righteousness instead of what my flesh can bring, any self-righteousness. Lord, I, I do want a, a spirit-filled life, a life to the fullest. Lord, a life of power in witnessing, a life of power to overcome sin and to glorify you. And God, I just pray that for each one of us. Lord, help us to not be living carnal, worldly, fleshly lives and, and think we're living something else. God, I just pray that your Spirit would speak to us this week in, in things that we need to call sin, things that we need to turn away from to prepare for turning over the control to you. Um, God, I pray for those that maybe are, are wondering if they should let you into their life or not. And I just pray, Lord, that you would give them everything they need, to, especially to see their need for forgiveness and for a Savior, and then see how you are the only one that can truly uh, meet that need um, for eternal life. And, and God, we just thank you this morning. We just ask that you would lead us into this series here. Help us to learn more about you, Jesus. Um, and about your Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit. And we just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, thank you guys for joining us this morning, and we will see you a Wednesday night right here for Outreach, and then.